If you're someone who has an unhealthy or toxic relationship in your life and you're not sure how to navigate it, maybe you need to set boundaries, maybe you need to walk away, this is for you, so keep listening. Hey friend, you're listening to the Reflections Podcast and I'm your host, Jerick Snyder. Welcome to today's Heart Talk, like a TED Talk, but deeper, where the goal is to find peace in your pieces as we dive into understanding what the Bible refers to as our heart, also known as the limbic system of our brain. I'll teach you how to overcome strongholds and old wounds that have kept you bound to unhealthy thought processes and coping mechanisms so that you can begin to experience true healing, peace, and joy that only Jesus can bring. So grab your journal and packet of ninkshire or whatever drink keeps you going and let's dive in. In the last episode, we left the conversation talking about three different groups of people. Some people that we needed to set boundaries with, some that we needed to set boundaries with but might also need some extra intervention, and then some that we need to walk away from altogether, which may have sent you into panic mode or as I like to call it, limbic land. (laughs) If you're new here and you don't know what limbic land means, then you're definitely going to want to check out the past episodes. If you're anything like I was, the idea of setting boundaries or leaving a relationship may make your stomach turn and your heart race. The anxiety may set in and you may even struggle to breathe, but just know that this is normal. So let's chat about it for a second. Personally, for me, setting a boundary was the scariest thing in the world to me, literally. I had such a strong belief that I would only receive love if I was doing things for others And that asking someone to do something for me or not do something for me would result in them walking away. In fact, it did seem like anytime I did anything for myself that someone didn't like, or if I couldn't be there for them in the way that they wanted, they would walk away. And a lot of times they would tell me that I was only focusing on myself. So I stopped and just submitted to being a doormat. It wasn't until I was married and in my mid-20s that I finally started my healing journey. I finally started speaking my feelings to others and setting boundaries, and it was hard, (laughs) but I did it. And in the process, God showed me that I was never meant to be a doormat. I could still be there for others, but it didn't mean that I needed to be there 24-7. And as much as it sucked, and it sucked, not everyone would be able to be there for me the same way that I was wanting them to be. Not because I didn't deserve it, but because they were also wounded people and they didn't know how to be. The cool thing, though, was that when I switched my focuses, my focuses, my focus from the relationships that I was clinging to so desperately so that way they would stay my friend, what I found was in the relationships that were healthy, I did get love back. And I finally started feeling like I was heard and seen and I, and I started to feel important. You see, the reason we cling to people and don't set boundaries or walk away always stems from a fear. Always. And you can tell yourself all day long that it doesn't, but it does. There is a speaker. Her name is Lisa, and I think her last name is pronounced Turkerst. It's T-E-R-K-E-U-R-S-T. But she said it best when she said, We will always desperately want from other people what we fear our God will not provide. Sometimes we fear being alone so much that we would rather continue in toxic and unhealthy relationships than walk away and risk rejection and even more disappointment. 
And as much as we believe that God can do anything, we've dealt with so much disappointment in the past that we struggle to believe that he will do it for us. We fear that no one else will love us or want us, or at least not the way we want them to. But God does, and he knows the desires of our hearts and has designed us for a relationship. So think about this. Why would he isolate us and keep us from experiencing those relationships? The answer is he wouldn't. Believing that may take some healing. So make sure that you continue following these messages because that is what our goal is here. That's what all of these episodes are all about. I want you to be able to experiencing that, experience that healing so that way you can start to believe the things that God feels about you and says about you. So now let's dive into what this whole thing is about and what setting a boundary looks like. It does not, okay, does not look like being mean or belittling someone. It does not look like manipulating someone into doing something that you want and it does not usually present itself from a place of anger okay so if you feel like you're setting a boundary but you're anger or angry or you're telling them you know you have to do this blah 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 like no that's not a boundary that's that is olympic reaction some examples of what setting a boundary may look like is saying something like quote my heart wants to say yes but unfortunately, I cannot, end quote, okay? You can include in there if you want, you know, my time, you know, my time management doesn't allow it or whatever, but you don't have to explain yourself here. You can just say, I want to say yes to you, but I can't, okay? Another example might be to say something like, it hurts me when this happens, so I have to separate myself from it when it does. So you're not saying you have to change or you have to do anything, but if you're going to continue to do this, then I need to walk away when it happens. Another example might say, you might say, your feelings are valid here. I see that you're upset, but I cannot allow you to say those things to me. You're seeing where they're at, you know, they're heard, they're seen, you're recognizing that, okay, they're, they're feeling very triggered here. But that doesn't mean that you get to just say and do whatever you want to me. And so that kind of goes in with the example I, I mentioned before that one, but you know, you, I'm not going to allow you to be mean to me, or to say hurtful things to me, because you're upset. The thing we need to realize is we are all wounded people. And you've heard me say that before. And without boundaries, there is no protection for the relationship. And this is actually even biblical. The very first thing that God did with Adam and Eve in the garden was set a boundary for their protection. Throughout the Bible, the more mankind sinned, the more boundaries were presented. It's not about rules and it's not about being in control. It's about protection. But does this mean that all boundaries are healthy? No. Actually, a lot of us think we are setting boundaries, but in reality, we end up just building walls. And walls always lead to isolation, not protection. There's a difference in shutting people out and guarding your heart, aka your mind, but more on that later. In the previous episode, I mentioned there are different groups of people that you might navigate in different ways. The first group were those that you couldn't really get away from. So things like neighbors, classmates, coworkers, etc. And yes, you could technically get away from them, but it's not always ideal or easy. So 
If that group is acting out in unhealthy ways, it's time to set a boundary. I have an example of this with a couple coworkers from my past. So I was working a sales job and I had a couple of coworkers who were extremely unhealthy. And one was a guy who had some serious trust issues with women and also felt like he was God's gift to women. And I'm not saying that in any sort of resentment or judgment here. He would literally tell you that to your face if you asked him. And he had dealt with a um, unhealthy woman. Um, I don't remember if it was a wife or a girlfriend, but I know that she was unfaithful. And he was very bent out of shape about that and was constantly, constant. I mean, I'm talking all the time, making comments about how my husband was probably at his job and sleeping with the secretary. Obviously super unprofessional and not okay. Then he would proceed to make comments every time I would eat lunch, every single time, about how I was always eating. (laughs) It was literally, it got so bad. Um, I remember towards the end, I was just constantly crying because it was just so obnoxious. And I, for some reason, I never told management. I talked to other coworkers about it, but I never actually went to management about it. I was very worried about causing issues and just tried to ignore him. He eventually left and I lost so much sleep over this situation. I cried, like I said, multiple times and I never set a boundary like I should have. And it's something that I told myself I would not let happen again. Fast forward a little bit and I started having issues with another male coworker. He was an older guy and had some crazy stuff going on with him spiritually and emotionally. He openly would talk about his problems with me and a lot of it would proceed to him taking his anger out on me when he would have bad days. Um, I obviously have a psychology degree, so I recognized a lot of this in him. I also had been going to church um, and saw a lot enough to know that there was definitely something going on. So that was not an assumption that I made about him going through things spiritually and emotionally. Like he had some demons, definitely. And he was so rude and downright just mean to me all the time. And not just me, but primarily me. Eventually over time, he started doing it to others and they started speaking up for forever, for whatever reason. Um, he did it mostly to me. And so this time I was like, no. Okay. At first I was like, I feel like I should try and help him. And then I realized, nope, like I'm not going through this again. So I spoke up and I told him that I would not let him talk to me that way. I told him that it was also not okay for him to tell me all of his personal problems and treat me like a friend, not because I didn't care, but because not only was it not professional, but he was not treating me like a friend. And so therefore I could not be there for him like a friend. And eventually, I did have to take it to management. But the beauty was, I wasn't losing sleep in, over this at all. I knew boundaries were in place, and if he overstepped, I it was on him now. And I finally had peace with it all, and it was very freeing. And it was really nice, because not once was I angry or mean towards the second co-worker that I mentioned. But boy, when it came to the first co-worker, did I get to the point of lashing out multiple times. I got so worked up. He would push and push and push and I would find myself often breaking like I mentioned. And so when when I say boundaries are protection, I don't just mean to protect the relationship that you're in. I'm also talking about for yourself, mentally, emotionally, all of that. So the next group of people are those that feel unhealthy but are fixable. It's where 
both of everybody in this relationship are all willing to work on themselves and are typically people that are very consistent in your life. So boundaries are necessary here too, but typically you're going to need some type of mediation. And these people are going to be like your spouse, family, close friends, you know, things like that. Boundaries with these people may feel more personal too. So you may let them in more by letting them be aware of your wounds or your buttons. Um, But finding ways to navigate hard conversations with them is also very necessary. And sometimes if the relationship is unhealthy, you'll need someone there to help or listen. Obviously, if the relationship is a healthy one, then you may not need the step of having somebody there. But this episode, we are talking about unhealthy relationships, and those definitely will always need some extra help or love. So some examples of this may look like counseling programs, therapy sessions, workshops, challenges, exercises, things like that. And sometimes even writing letters, this is weird for some people, but sometimes let even writing letters to each other that were proofed by another healthy influence in your life are also very therapeutic and something I am constantly recommending to people. Something I really want to point out here too is that going to therapy and counseling is not a negative thing, okay? Literally everyone needs it. I even go, okay? And this is what I do all the time. But a lot of people don't go because they're afraid that someone is going to point out their flaws or tell them they're wrong, which internally makes them feel like they're bad, right? So not going because of those reasons is extremely unhealthy, okay? The only way you're going to change, heal, and grow is to be aware of your unhealthy thoughts and behaviors. And I just want to point out here (laughs) that if that is your reason for not wanting to go to therapy then you're already recognizing that you have something that you need to work on, okay? I'm not saying that to point it in your face. I'm saying that because if you already have the awareness, then there's no reason for you not to go. All right, so let's dive into the third group, which is those that we need to walk away from. The ones who, no matter how many boundaries you set, or how many times you ask them to not treat you a certain way, still continue to push and poke your wounds. These are typically those we would consider toxic or narcissistic. I mentioned before how everyone has coping mechanisms and unhealthy behaviors, and they all stem from fears. Those with narcissistic personality disorder have some really deep wounds. And the idea of giving somebody else the power to hurt them is, like, terrifying. Utterly terrifying. A lot of the times, these feelings are so deep that they have pushed them so far back that they're now subconscious. So, can they get help? Yes, but they usually won't because recognizing their flaws and becoming vulnerable means lowering themselves which is more than likely in their brain means that they're going to result in extreme pain. I'm not usually good at coming up with examples or scenarios, but I thought this one was kind of clever. Have you ever seen someone who is afraid of heights, but somehow manages to put themselves in a situation where they're high up, maybe on a ladder or something, but the thought of coming down, right? So they're up, um, 
I'm personally thinking of a movie, you know, where somebody's like, yeah, yeah, I did it. Like, I conquered my fear. Like, I'm up here. I climbed this ladder. And then they look down, right? And the thought of coming down is even scarier than just staying up there. And so then when you try and go up there and you say, hey, no, you know, here, I'll come help you down. And you start to climb up the ladder and they go into panic mode. They just start kicking. They start flailing around. They're like holding on to the ladder for dear life. And they're like, no, like, no, you cannot get me down from here. Like, this is where I'm staying and I will not move, right? That is literally how somebody with the NPD, that's literally how their brain works. They, they really struggle with that idea of coming down and not being so high, right? They create this high of themselves. And if they come down, they go into panic mode. They'll lash out in anger, you know, whatever they've got to do to get you to just not take them there. Unfortunately, the problem is, is they don't see it. Literally, somebody with NPD could be listening to this right now and recognize that feeling, that latter scenario, right? And still refuse to see it. They will find every reason to convince themselves that nothing is wrong with them because if they are allowed, if they allowed themselves to see it, all of their flaws and wounds would be exposed. And because of that, walking away is the only healthy boundary you can really set with that kind of mindset. Now, some, some of those with NPD are smart. So they know they have flaws. And then they know that there are certain things that they can say, you know, um, to say, oh, no, like, I know I'm not perfect. You know, I have flaws, but usually their flaws are going to resemble positive things. So they care too much. You know, they work too hard, things like that. So that's just something to be mindful of, you know, but the real deep stuff, the stuff that is painful to be reminded of. That's the stuff that they won't see or admit. And I know that this feels hard because you have probably dealt with things in your past that made you feel very alone and very unloved. So for you, at least in this relationship, you know that you won't be alone even if that means feeling unloved. That feeling of not being loved is something maybe that You've become callous to. You're used to that feeling. You expect that feeling. So the the idea of leaving seems easier. Yes, it hurts to feel unloved. But because you've grown to expect it, it doesn't hurt the same way rejection from somebody that maybe you were receiving love from or you know, for whatever, a healthier relationship in your life, right? Or the idea of a healthier relationship in your life, that person really has the power to hurt you because you're not expecting it. So it just feels easier to stay here. Basically, being alone would hurt way worse in your brain. So you've stuck around despite the consequences. Does this feel familiar? The reason I know this is because That is who a narcissist goes for. They want someone who is easy to pick on. Same idea of a bully in grade school. They only pick on the one smaller than them because they know they won't fight back. 
So then you go and you tell yourself that you can change them. That you just want to help them. You tell yourself every lie you possibly can that will make it make sense as to why you can't leave them. But deep down you know you deserve more. So it's time to get more. In the last episode, I mentioned how I was going to try and get this into just one thing. But how it could potentially turn into a third part. And it is indeed turning into a third part. If you can relate with anything from the last couple paragraphs, then I encourage you to check out next next week's episode. I'm going to help walk you through steps that you can take to help you safely walk away from this friendship or relationship or whatever it is. And my goal is not only to help you feel safe in doing so, but also to feel strong enough emotionally to handle it. But please know, if this person that is narcissistic, that is somebody that I'm describing as somebody you should walk away from, if this person is a spouse, then I think it's important to note that this may look a little different for you. And I'm going to touch on that in the next episode as well too. And I know that this feels hard and scary and vulnerable, but I promise you that you can do this. I say this in every episode and I always will, but you're not alone, okay? And if the situation that you're in involves physical abuse, do not wait until the next episode. Call somebody immediately and ask for help. Physical abuse is never okay and will never get better if they refuse to see that they have a problem. You can do everything right. You can meet every need. But the thing that you can't do is heal their wounds and fix their fears. You can pray for them all day long. I mean, you can go above and beyond to do everything you know to do. But the thing is, is that there has to be some give on their side of it. And it's just like with, you know, with God, how he gave us free will. And so they have to be willing. And... If they're not, and they're abusive, there's nothing you can do or not do that's going to change that. And a lot of the times, if somebody is being abusive, there's definitely something spiritual going on there. So, definitely, even if you don't attend a church, find a church. Let them know what's going on, because that's the only way that... There, yeah, that's the only way. <laughs> that's that's what you need to do. And like always, my virtual door is always open when I'm not asleep or tending my children. See, that's a boundary. That's an example of a boundary. Okay, so follow me on Instagram, find me on Facebook, whatever you gotta do. But if you need anything, just let me know. Thanks for hanging out with me this week, and I'll see you next week. Bye, friend. <laughs>